and we are live. Welcome back to another wonderful episode of Sea Powder. I'm Theron. And I'm Anna. And we are the main spot where you can get all your Pokemon and mental health news and information. If you haven't been a part of our social media yet, please go ahead and go to Instagram where you can find us at Sleep Powder Talks. And you can connect with us there. You can always reach us by email, which is sleeppowdertalks at gmail.com. We would love to answer your questions and have you on the show to voice your support. Uh, wow, we are in 2021. Can yeah. you believe it? Can I believe it? What was that what you were saying? Yeah, can you believe it? No, absolutely not. No, it does not feel <laughs> like a real year. Um, not at all. No. <laughs> That's but kind of the fun I, of it. Yeah, after all the, uh, after all the, quote, pain, misery, and how, how bad 2020 was, which we're not really going to go into it. Um, yeah. That's not our job. We have a fresh, a fresh hot take, or a, fr a fresh opportunity for the new year. Yeah, which makes me very happy. Exactly. But how have things been on your end, dear? <sighs> things have been okay. Um, the last time we recorded, I don't know if we had the dog that we have now you did, did we yes i had gin okay i was going to yes. talk about gin but if we had gin then i won't talk about gin more you had um, your birthday recently i did i had my birthday and theron mm -hmm. of course went above and beyond for it as he always does no and uh yeah you do don't even do that and so this year um we could not really be together uh, because of COVID and just life in general. Okay. And um, this year uh, we were apart and Theron had um, made uh, a surprise party for me on Animal Crossing, which was pretty much the sweetest thing anyone's ever done for me. So I was, of course, crying. <laughs> um so when we were doing it, he sent, he told me to bring my shovel over to his mm -hmm. island and to have as empty of an inventory as possible because he filled, he spent the entire day picking presents around Animal Crossing, wrapping them <laughs> and placing them in spots based on their difficulty, based on the wrapping color. <laughs> and I was tasked with finding them all. And I we think we found I found them all. You did find them all. I did. Did you go back and check it? You did, yes. Okay. Um, you definitely found them all. It was it was fun being able to build hide and seek and make it work. Yeah, it was so much fun. I was I was so excited. And uh so yeah, that's what we did for my birthday. Which was which very I'm sweet. Thankful that you got to be around for that long my birth alive <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm glad you get to be around another year um i'm glad too honey I <laughs> <laughs> that's what i meant that's that's entirely what i meant <laughs> oh my gosh yeah but it's um <sighs> what was i gonna say I don't know in the meantime we've been playing magic we've been playing a lot of magic the gathering <laughs> Yes, um, I building um, 
We've been working on deck building, so for my birthday also, Theron got me my deck. My mm-hmm. first official deck that was actually mine. I mean, he made the deck, but I it it's now my deck. Uh, it's my favorite deck that I've played with. Um, that commander Joy? is still my favorite. Joyra is my favorite. She's Joyra, Joyra Weatherlight Captain. I love her. She's my favorite. Um, and it's a lot of dealing and managing artifacts and getting yeah. a lot of value out of your board state. I know. I don't. This is mainly a Pokemon podcast, of course. But it's yeah, all but about magic. Um, if I didn't play the Pokemon card game with you, I wouldn't understand magic as much as I do. I feel like that's a good introductory card game into it. <laughs> you know, yeah. like I, I don't think that it's too difficult. Well, I think, you know, yeah. Oh, I was gonna say the the Pokemon card game was initially started by Wizards of the Coast. Was it really? It was. It was started and run by Wizards of the Coast until. I want to say Ruby and Sapphire until 2002 when the hmm. Pokemon EX came out. So then the Pokemon company took over and bought the rights for it from Wizards when Wizards said, oh, hey, we'll help you. And they were like, okay, it's ours now. So then they came out with Pokemon EX, which were super powered Pokemon that gave two prize cards for the first time. And it was, yeah. it was really exciting. It was a celebratory year for Pokemon. And I still have some of those really good cards. Oh my god. That's yeah. so cool. And it's it's hard being a Pokemon fan now. If you yeah. didn't hear our last, uh, recent episode. Um, I mean, granted, I, know, I don't know if many other people feel like I do about the trading card episode that we talked about. <clears throat> like oh, that's right. Just, they're just buying it to buy it and not really worried about anything else. There's an international shortage of Pokemon cards now. That's pretty and, insane. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know what to say. But, of course, there are always lots of different Pokemon that you can find on on those cards. And I love seeing Pokemon that have different uh, representation. Uh, like you, They're really good in the game. No, they're not so great in the game, but they're really good in the card. A classic example of Shiftry. Shiftry's been great on almost every card it's been printed in. Um, yeah. But talking about highlighting some other really important and unsung heroes of Pokemon, let's get into our Safari Zone segment. Woohoo! I uh, really so missed that. Are... Sorry, I was going to say, <laughs> I just really missed uh, Safari Zone, yeah. which sounds really weird, but I've just... I was very excited the other day. I was thinking about... Um, um, I was thinking about how we were making uh, our own Pokemon a while ago. Like we were talking about like designs and things that we would do. Yeah. And I was just thinking about it. And I was like, I would really love to be a designer for Pokemon. Like just concepts at least. Like because yeah, you. Yeah, because Theron, you know me very, very well, and you know I cannot draw to save my life. (laughs) So, I mean, clearly I can't do, like, concept art, but I would definitely be able to do, like, little sketches as, like, a starting point for somebody who is more talented than me. And I just think that would be so cool. Yeah, you would be the ideas person. (laughs) And I think it's the equivalent of, like... My mom always said that if she ever became a millionaire she would want to retire 
from her job and <laughs> and become uh, one of the people that either names crayons or names like nail polish colors. Very niche, very uh, specific kind of job. Yeah, and I that's just always been <laughs> that's that's sort of just always been our joke, and I, I feel like that's the same for me. Like if I was ever able. Yeah. To work on their team just for that and that alone, I would be exhilarated. What a goal. Yeah. <laughs> so what crazy. That's what I'm strapping for here. Yeah. But if you are new to the Safari Zone, we are going to randomly select a Pokemon and discuss all things about it. If you would invite it to a dinner party, a nice spaghetti dinner, would you trust it to show up in proper attire? Um, would it take your mom out for a nice date? Would it, would it make your mom fire? <laughs> well, well, we'll see how it goes. Uh, yeah. The Pokemon of this week is where, if you hear the clicking, that's... That's the just there and clicking. That's there and uh, generating randomly. Because we don't do these in advance, ever. All right. <laughs> this is... Would you... <laughs> I do not know if I would want this per this Pokemon to date my mom. Uh, okay, it's Parasect. <laughs> oh no! We got Parasect for the first time. Okay, let's let's talk all things creepy crawly Parasect. Um, oh. If you are sensitive to uh, fungus, if you are sensitive to kind of infection, kind of talk or behavior, now is a good yeah. time to to maybe fast forward in the episode. Parasect is a Pokemon that's whole backstory is it's basically a parasite. Um, so if you are sensitive that, to that kind of content, here's your yeah, help. please. Uh, we yes, wanna... seriously. <laughs> this I, podcast I is meant to yeah, it's meant to soothe you, not stress you out. Yeah. So and for I know those this, who... one, this one personally stresses me out when I when Theron first explained to me like its story, it made me so upset. So like if you are one of those people please please skip ahead we will not be upset yep. um yeah that, that's cool here's your opportunity so we'll give you some time now if you would like to skip ahead the time code is 32 minutes and 54 seconds so it seems that you wanted to stick around for Parasect. Yeah. And I'm glad you did. Parasect is a Pokemon that kind of deserves to be in the spotlight for a little bit. It doesn't have a, like a concrete spot in the Pokemon universe, but when it does really well, it really shines. I love Parasect. It's I, I, I always used a Parasect as a shiny hunting Pokemon because Parasect gets... Um, Parasect gets uh, the ability Damp, which means that it's immune to all like explosion moves. So mm. if I ran into like a shiny Geodude that was going to use self-destruct, it wouldn't be able to. Yeah. Um, what are your first thoughts when seeing Parasect? Well, I mean, I have been I've been around Pokemon since you know beginning of time, just like you. Mm -hmm. Um. I mean, as this year, uh, it's it's coming into its 25th year, I really didn't realize how young it was or how, how little of it had developed by the time that I was able to understand it. 
um, because yeah. I'm 23. So, I mean, it started when I was two. So, I mean, there has not been a world I've grown up in that did not have Pokemon. And and I remember Parasect, like, growing up. I remember, like, sitting in my daycare and they had, uh, like, a book of all the Pokemon in order based yeah. on the first series. And, I, I mean, I didn't... It's not that I disliked it. I just... It was never, like, my favorite. And yeah, then you told me, there. yeah, and then you told me it's backstory, and I got so sad. <laughs> so, so why don't you, why don't you go into that for us? Yeah, let's let's jump right into Parasect. Um, mm -hmm. Parasect is a bug grass type. Uh, it is known as the mushroom Pokemon. It's number forty-seven in the Pokedex, the National Pokedex. Um, it has two abilities that are, you know, pretty fair for it but mm -hmm. also don't seem to help it too much. It has effect spore, meaning if you get hit with a contact move, then you will, there's like one third chance that you'll be infected with a uh, with a condition, poison paralysis or sleep. Pretty useful. Um, dry skin, which I think is really funny. Uh, dry skin makes it so that you're immune to water type moves, but weak to fire type moves. And Parasect yeah. is already weak to, <laughs> four times weak to fire. Um, and as I was Try. explaining earlier, yeah, its hidden ability is damp, um, so it will not, uh, moves that involve explosions, like, uh, self-destruct or explosion, and I think Mind Blown is, uh, applied through damp. Now, Blacephalon signature move, um, yeah, self-destruct, explosion, Mind Blown, and Misty Explosion. And hmm. I, I say explosion, explosion. Um, <laughs> it also prevents aftermath from going off. It's a, it's a very niche move. It's good in uh, it's good in game when you're doing things like um, shiny hunting. If you see a shiny Geodude that you want and you don't happen to want it to a self destruct, then you just send out Parasect like I always do. Um, yeah. This Pokemon is okay. <laughs> So to understand Parasect, we have to kind of understand Paris as well, but the yes. Paris, its pre-evolution is a, like, it looks like a little crab. It's It's got some mushrooms growing on its back. Um, they, they live kind of symbiotically, and this is kind of where um, you can talk this is about... Where I, this is where I started to cry. <laughs> yeah, um... Paris and Parasect have... I, I want to say the Paris at least... Paris has a symbiotic relationship with the Mushroom on its back, but Parasect has a parasitic uh, relationship with the Mushroom on its back because when it mm -hmm. evolves, the, the Mushroom takes over its entire body, which is a very yeah. morbid kind of concept, but I think it's interesting for at least early Pokemon... Um, well, I mean, I think this also went along with, um, oh, the pink one. What's it called? Pink? No. Pink one, one, pink mushroom, shenotic? No, 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 not a mushroom, not a mushroom. The, um, oh my god, it has a different colored nose in the new one. Is it a regional form? No. Is a pink oh colored nose? It is, it's pink. The nose is not pink. 
<laughs> it got brought in. There was a regional one that came in during Isle of Armor. That came in during Isle of Armor? Yes. Remember the artist did one and it was the same. Grimmsnarl? No. Um, oh, Slowpoke. Yes. I think <laughs> since those two came in at the same time, I feel like they sort of work together in their concept. Oh, oh yeah. Well, something that I've, kind of... Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, I don't want to... No, I was just gonna say I think I think the first uh the first uh series of Pokemon was I think the concepts were kind of dark for some of them. Yeah. And um, I mean I mean that's just that I mean they were basing it off of things in nature and this is something that does occur in nature and I again that's really interesting that they would do that and and you know bring that kind of a concept into a children's game um it does make me very sad it's very so. sad to see generation yeah. one had a big focus on uh mutations and like you know there's a there's a turtle that has cannons on its back and a it's frog awesome. that has a flower and a salamander that has wings like uh that a big theme in gen one um and that's no exception for slowbro slowking slowbro Slowpoke? I, I named them all in Parasect. Um, yeah. I was going to say that in development, there was actually a Pokemon, I believe, that was named Turban. Um, and it was just the shell of Slowbro. It was just the shell part that kind of had like a psychic type, I believe. And that was supposed to be the replacement before it was called a shelter. So mm. then. So then they just kind of, that's why the, the cone on the slower looks absolutely nothing like, um, it looks absolutely nothing like a shelter that we would know today. Right. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, Paris and Parasect are <laughs> woof. Um, now I'm reading this article from Bulbapedia. They, they had a small origin of the species series that they did in the 2010s um, mm -hmm. these mushrooms are called chu to I, I'm, I really don't want to butcher this tochukaso it's okay. a real species of fungus cordyceps sinensis commonly known as caterpillar fungus this species actually preys upon caterpillar life like larva of ghost moths in the genus uh, the tarodes Tardis. Uh The fungus invades the body of the larvae living in the soil, eventually killing them. The larvae die on the surface, and the fruiting body of the mushroom, ultimately, quote, mushroom of the fungus, ultimately bursts out of the larva's forehead and can extend up to 15 centimeters on the ground. The fruiting body spreads force, and the life cycle begins all over again. To talk about a little happier of a thing, um, I sent you a photo through... Mm -hmm. our messenger group chat for our podcast and um this was from uh dr lava on twitter mm, i love dr lava and i i mean it didn't show the tweet it only showed the art for it but i 
I'm curious if there was if this first so it's an image and it has three Pokemon one is uh, Parasect one is Paris and then there's one that looks like a uh, a pre-evolution esque of Paris yeah yeah, which I think is really interesting. And so now I'm curious how that would have fit in because the way it looks does not look like how the story was supposed to go. No, 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 no. So it it's doesn't. like a crab, it's like a crab top <laughs> and it's on top of a mushroom. So it looks kind of like it's wearing the mushroom as a dress. Like, yeah, oh, it's, like, it's emerging out. Yeah, which I wouldn't think... I think maybe, if anything, that would make it a symbiotic relationship like you had said at the beginning instead of a parasitic one. So maybe the idea originally was they somehow, like, start out growing out of these mushrooms like some bug species do, where they, like, grow yeah. out of something and then at the end of their life cycle or towards the end of their life cycle, they will spread those seeds with their own seeds. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious uh, about that. Yeah. I don't know. The, it might just the be me theory. Sure. I mean, no, I agree. I think it's, it's really fascinating just how, like, I know, which I know you love, it's a classic implementation of biology into uh, culture and video game. Um, exactly. I if, I, if I ever become, like, a PhD candidate or, like, a grad student and my focus is biology which I doubt because I'm terrible at biochem and like you have to know other sciences and be able to do math. But if that ever happened, I would totally write a th my thesis paper on <laughs> on Pokemon. Um, yeah, it wouldn't be a bad idea. Yeah, I think that's just idea. really cool. Paris and Parasect have this, it's just kind of a flagship example of how how it works it's i think it's one of the best examples to use um mm -hmm. i say we get into the nitty-gritty of the stats with it yeah you tell me about um, them stats i will be coming up with a name while you are stating them facts they are not good <laughs> Newsflash, <laughs> stats suck <laughs> uh parasect is not a good pokemon let me just explain it there um mm -hmm. Actually, there's there's a fun fact that I know about Paris that involves its. Um, tell me. I'm trying to find it. You know I love the fun facts. There was, say, I believe. You can't say there's a fun fact and then not tell me immediately what the fun fact is. Um, I don't think I have the actual, like, stat right, <clears throat> but there was a point in time where the most damage that you could ever do in Pokemon was using a level one negative, like a minus special defense nature, Paris, against a Charizard in the sun. A mega, or a mega Charizard in the sun using fire blast or blast burn. And because you would have to, Paris would already be four, eight times a week because of dry skin. Mm -hmm. um, or five times a week, I'm sorry. Uh, and then you would have to use the move Powder on it to make it extra weak to Fire-type moves. Um, yeah. There's such a huge setup involving Charizard and Paris to do, like, asinine amounts of damage. But 
<laughs> we did that in, in high school. I always thought that was fun. I had programmed the Pokemon damage calculator into the uh, into my TI eighty four <laughs> and would just mess around with stuff in class. Um, your GI eighty? You mean your TI? No, I said TI. Okay, I thought you said GI, and I'm like, I don't know what that means. I don't, um, I don't know what that is. Before we get into the nitty gritty of the stats, here's some dex entries about Paris. Mm. Parasect. Um, Parasect is known to infest large trees en masse and drain nutrients from the lower trunk roots. When an infested tree dies, they move on to another tree all at once. The large mushroom on its back controls it. It often fights over territory, territory with Shinotic. It scatters toxic spores from its mushroom cap and once harvested, these spores can be steeped and boiled down to prepare herbal medicines. The bug is mostly dead, with the mushroom on its back having become the main body. If the mushroom comes off, the bug stops moving. Uh, its poisonous spores are also used in medicine. Apparently, spores produced in Lola are not of very good quality. Um, the mushroom appears to do all the thinking. Wow. That's a lot of, uh, I think it's a lot of flavor. I like, yeah. I like seeing um, stats. I mean, definitely, I was gonna say it definitely like opens up the world a lot more. Oh, one hundred percent. Um, cool. So stats don't use this Pokemon. If you are, <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's my number one, uh, my number one piece of advice. If you really want to use a Bug Grass type, use Levani instead, which is intensely better. Um, because Parasect is immensely. Uh, Parasect yeah. is very slow. It's got a base thirty speed. Um, 80 defenses, 80 apiece, 60 special attack. Its best stat is attack at 95. Um, this Pokemon needs some love. Uh, I don't. I wouldn't really recommend using Parasect in a competitive battle, unless you really want it to be like a Focus Sash Spore lead. But there are other Pokemon that do that much better. Like Breloom is much faster, and you can actually use Breloom outside of. Um, attack and whatnot my best advice is to actually use parasect as a shiny hunter and we can go over that um we can go over that move set really quick <laughs> parasect only learns sleep powder through the anime interesting <laughs> it has so to it best... has to live it has to live through anime or else it can't learn <laughs> it's just the rules the best way for me to tell you to use parasect is um, Don't. <laughs> well, outside of that, <laughs> definitely. Um, <laughs> give it something like... I'm trying to see the movesets for Gen 7. Oh, Gen 6. Well, I don't think it was even... It was in Gen 7, I believe. Yeah, okay. You mean Jordan um, Shield, or are you talking about the one before that? Uh, the one before that, Gen 7. It was totally in Alola, because you just read a dex entry about it. Yep, that is absolutely right. <laughs> um, here's some things that you can, the, or at least the set that I ran for it. Um, mm -hmm. I ran Grassy Terrain, Grassy Terrain, Sword Stance, False Swipe, and Spore. Now, Spore is really good because it's the only 100% accurate sleep move in the game, and yeah. only the Mushroom Pokemon seem to get it, and Smeargle. But Smeargle can do anything. Um, yeah, and I False guess... Brings and well, what's baby? the one that copies things? Other than him. Mimic? Doesn't... 
Well, well, I guess that one, and what's the other one? I mean, I ditto. Forget. Oh, yeah, ditto, of course. But that's what those are all technicalities. Yeah, um, I know, I was just saying. No, I know. Um, I like technicalities. It's my job. <laughs> uh, you can also run synthesis instead of grassy terrain uh, for shiny hunting, but I think grassy terrain works really well because if you have a Pokemon that has recoil damage, Grassy terrain has a big chance of saving it if it's grounded, so that um, they they heal passive HP every turn. Um, and you can do because you know with catching Pokemon you have a higher chance of it getting in the ball outside of uh, you know what's it called if its HP is lower and it has status. Um, put it to sleep. Use Sword Stance and False Swipe. That's the only damaging move, and you can never actually kill a Pokemon. Mm -hmm. Grassy terrain is really good. If you're worried about your own Pokemon, if you're worried about um, Parasect, you can also run Synthesis instead of Grassy Terrain. Um, you're going to want to run uh, the Damp ability so that you can actually shiny hunt exploding Pokemon. I think that's a really good idea. Um, that's that's completely what I recommend. I think Parasect is a great shiny hunting Pokemon. Yeah. Um, but terrible in battle outside. So... <laughs> But sometimes that's, again, like, all Pokemon cannot be the apex predator. Some of them have to be lower on the rung. And we've talked yeah. about that before and other things. Um, and I think that's, again, very true. Yeah. Um, what would you like to name Parasite? Um, I had one name, but I don't know how good it is. The name I came up it. with was Hermie. Hermie? For two reasons. One, Hermie like hermit crab, because it's a little crab. And Hermie, mm -hmm. because I was thinking of it being like Herbie, like Herbie fully loaded. Because it... Like, <laughs> it like a looks, car. Yeah, Parasect looks like a bug car. It's so, a buggy. It's a bu it is a buggy, literally. So, I, I don't know, I think that was my 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 amazing train of thought. What yeah. about you? Um, I would like whenever I have a, a mushroom Pokemon, I always name it like, um, if it's a female, it's I always name it like Bella for like poor uh. Bella or um, <laughs> Shiitake or sometimes some kind of mushroom name. I mean that's not really like original, but like I'm raising I'm playing Pokemon XD right now, which I God I love that game. Um. I'm also playing, I'm using a Breloom, which is my favorite, uh, my favorite mushroom Pokemon by yeah. far. I was shiny hunting, I was trying to shiny hunt Shroomish today and I showed you I got a shiny Wurmple instead. Yeah. And you were very <laughs> um, excited. That sounded very, very sarcastic. You actually were excited. Oh yeah, it's it's very fun. Um, no, I was but... saying that my response sounded sarcastic when I didn't mean it to be. <laughs> Anyway, the uh, I was there was a Shroomish Pokemon Go event today, and I really wanted a shiny Shroomish because I love Shroomish so much. And Breloom is one of my favorite grass types ever made. I love Breloom beyond belief. Um, so I wanted a red one. I wanted a shiny one. And I was shiny hunting, and I got a shiny Wurmple instead. Horde hunting in Pelberg Woods and Oras. Um, yeah. But anyway, back to my point. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I named my my XD Breloom, I named it Daisy. 
just because I wanted to keep it in like the, the herbal kind of plant dia idea. <laughs> the granola names. The granola names. Um, mm -hmm. what are your final thoughts about Parasect? I think I, I don't really see it as like that bad of a Pokemon. I don't think. I mean, again, I don't think it's like my favorite. I don't have it as like my least favorite either. I feel pretty yeah. neutral towards it. I think its story is very sad. <laughs> and very uh, sad. and yeah, that's pretty much it. Like that's that's all I got. It, it, there's not much to be said on it. My opinion on Parasect is that I think it's a very niche and classic Pokemon for its region for its reasons. I think time has kind of forgotten about it, which mm -hmm. makes me a little bit sad and hurts my heart a little bit. But that being said, I think Parasect has its spot and looks forward to uh I really hope they give it some love in the near future. Yeah. Speaking of the future, we are going to tell you how you can best stick to your New Year's resolutions. Yeah. And that's going to be our segue into the Calm Mind uh, segment. Ways that we can help you stick to your um, stick to your stick to your goals. A lot of people. There's the joke. Um, like I always hope that I could open a bar one day, and mm -hmm. I'll. I'll or I'll open a gym. I'll open a gym for the first two weeks of the year. I'll call it resolution. So then after two weeks, it'll become a bar. Um, just scrap all the gym equipment. It'll become a bar. That's yeah. because the joke is, you know, people kind of give up on the resolutions. I, I hate being the guy to explain jokes. I'm kind of, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kicking myself in the foot here. Um, but yeah, it, it always, feels really bad knowing that you've kind of uh another year's gone by and you, you feel like you haven't accomplished anything yeah. yeah so we will discuss and kind of bat around some ideas to help you um get rid of that feeling and how to make sure that you can actually stick to your goals that you want to set um the first thing that i wanted to, to let you know is that a resolution isn't something that has to be concrete it's not something that you have to abide by. I mean, of course, unless your like health and life depends on it, that's an entirely different story. But yeah, but if it's like a normal sort of a plain typical resolution, yeah. I mean, I, you shouldn't be. Should I shouldn't not be. You shouldn't be. Um, I think I know personally. I have started goals and given up on them. And instead of assessing where the goal went wrong, it sort of became that it was my fault and I was upset about it and then I gave up. But I think there's a, a much better approach to use, especially for goal setting. And mm -hmm. that's uh, one thing is that you should make... I used to teach a thing where you had to set goals and it, they were called SMART goals. And essentially mm -hmm. it was like, if you don't give yourself enough information and you write a vague goal down, like, I want to lose weight. Okay. How? When? How much? Like, what are it you going to do? You need to, it needs to be oh, what was that? <laughs> specific, measurable, attainable, attainable. Do you know this too? I did. Cause I, I think I also called this. 
I think it was reasonable and timely. Yeah. Yeah. So, but like, that's, that's a really good way of measuring your goals. And so like, I think another thing is that your goal is not concrete. Your goal is flexible. And I think if you're not meeting your goal, you should sit down and look at what your goal is and figure out what is the thing that's stopping you. So if your goal is, I want to go to the gym three times a week, and you're just not able to make that, is your schedule too busy? Like, can you not fit in three times? Is three times a little unrealistic for your actual schedule maybe you need to cut it down to two or instead of instead of it being three times a week maybe it'll be one time a week and then two times you'll be working out at your own home or or uh running in the morning something else that's still along those lines but a little easier to fit in with uh, a certain schedule that you have does that make yeah, sense it's, it does because i think um, it alleviates the pressure of, oh no, if I don't do this within a year, something's going to happen. But in all actuality, you're the one that decides what's going to happen. You're, yeah. the, you're the one that decides the quote-unquote consequences. And oftentimes, there are no consequences. So yeah. it's a lot of unnecessary internal pressure that kind of uh, deters the point of the goal from being completion uh, from from self-preservation and self-interest to completion. Does that exactly. make sense? Yeah, 100%. That's... And I, again, like, I completely relate to that. Like, when I was in high school, I used to set, like, weight loss goals for myself, and I wouldn't meet them. And then, you know, like, I mean, now I look back and I can, I can see where the issue was. Uh, yeah. Mainly something along the lines of, if you start at, like, 130 pounds... Losing 30 pounds by not doing anything is is pretty tricky. Very it's a little tough. difficult. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, um, but yeah. And, and definitely if a goal is not working for you or something is wrong or if you feel like your goal is not being met because it's too high or even the opposite. Let's say that your goal is like, I want to drop one pound by December of this year. Boom. Easy. Like that's a very easy goal, but maybe is it like too attainable? Maybe you have to be a little more reasonable with yourself. So a goal is meant to give you a challenge. It's not supposed to like exhaust you, but it is supposed to give you something to work towards. Or, but it doesn't alternatively yes. yes I was gonna say alternatively you could make a series of smaller like gummy bear goals you ever hear that <laughs> I've never like, heard uh, them called that uh it's a uh, like imagine every time you're reading a page of a really boring book you put a gummy bear on the corner of the page so that uh, whenever you're done reading the page you get to eat a gummy bear yeah and I mean I think we talked about that in another episode about breaking down your goals so either i think you can sort of break them down in a couple ways i think you can definitely break it down in a way that would make it more attainable over time so like if your goals lose 60 pounds over a year 
that's five pounds a month. That's a lot more attainable than just thinking I have to lose 60 pounds. And yeah, I think that's, that's, to... yeah, that's when that's... you say I'm, I'm going to lose weight. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> that's okay. Let's see. When you say, Oh, we're going to lose weight. We're going to lose weight. Yeah. But how much weight? How yeah. much are you, are you going to starve yourself and think that like any amount is enough or I don't know. It, it's, it's different for everybody. And you can even custom tailor your, your needs for your body or your mindset or your lifestyle to whatever they want. <laughs> They're entirely customized. Customizable. <laughs> the word is customizable. <laughs> They're entirely customizable to who you are as a person. Um, yeah. I just and like what you can brain. do. Yeah, definitely. You had the what? I had the biggest brain fart right now. It's um, cool. Um, I think so. Again, breaking those there's there's definitely ways to deal with goals. So there's breaking down goals. Um, we've also talked about like having somebody else keep you accountable with your goal. Yeah, that was gonna slide um, right into my next my next topic um See, we read each other's minds because we're so we're such a couple <laughs> what we do write what things do down constantly yeah always write your goals down um i i try to i i try to make that a point to write everything down whenever i get a chance because it keeps a written record of what i've done it keeps a written record of you know how i'm feeling that day um and when you're focused on, um, like, my family is starting to starting to diet, mm -hmm. and by diet we we mean loose loose diet. My my father um, said that he's cutting down on carbs, he's cutting down on sugars, he's cutting he's going cold turkey. My mother is doing more so calorie oriented, saying that she doesn't want she has a hard calorie limit. My version of dieting is I want to make healthier choices. Mm -hmm. I want to make, like, I was, I was at 7-Eleven today, grabbing ice, and I'm like, yeah. I really, really want a snack. Like, I, I was looking at a thing of peach rings, and it was like 120 calories. But I'm like, no, there, there's food at home. We can make food at home. And that's, that's eventually what we did. Granted, we made spaghetti, which is <laughs> pretty high in right. calories. Yeah. But I, I recognized that it was a healthier choice for my wallet and for, um, your body yeah for my body instead of pumping it with garbage i can pump it with you know pasta power tasty garbage. <laughs> yeah pasta um, power not sugar power but i guess um and i mean well, like yeah, yeah go ahead. I don't know. go ahead no no you go <laughs> to see when, whoever is interested in making a podcast that's the hardest part of not seeing each other when you're recording is uh voc vocally bumping into each other yeah i um, mean we tried recording oh. in the same room too, but yeah, that tends to happen. <laughs> it didn't, it um, didn't change. When you're when you're performing your goals, when you're performing actions for your goals, mm -hmm. focus not so much on what the end result is, because I think a lot of people view um, well, you only choose dieting as an example. People view like dieting as oh my god, I'm so focused on losing weight. Losing weight is the result. Focus yeah. on 
the, my best advice is to focus on the middle and focus on how you feel as a result of making those healthy choices. If you, if you decide to eat a salad today and you decide to feel like, oh my God, I love this salad. I felt great after eating it. That's the trigger. <laughs> that's, that's the key. That's how you feel. The, the, the carrot at the end of the stick is how you feel, not the result. Yeah. And, um, if any of our, our listeners out there are super picky eaters and you struggle with diets, uh, I can, I can help you out with a couple of things, some better choices, some, some good swaps, because I've had to do them myself because I'm not great at eating vegetables as Theron loves to eat <laughs> all the time. But, um, I mean, I'm, I, it's not that I'm getting better at it. I just use the things in different ways. So, like, I made soup. I, I like to make soup a lot because I love soup. Mm-hmm. And what I'll do is I'm also very lazy. So instead of chopping vegetables, I will put them in a blender or a food processor, get them into tiny, tiny pieces, and cook it down with the soup. So you can't, like, taste it. There's no real difference. It's, like, the color changes a little funny, like any any slurry of vegetables would. But instead of it being, like, I have to eat this stalk of celery, it's like, just eat your bowl of soup. And you just had, like, mm-hmm. seven vegetables. Yeah. Another it, it, easy... Think smarter. Yeah, think smarter. Don't work harder, guys. Um, another thing is uh, V8. Um, personally, oh, I, yeah. hate the, I hate the taste of tomato juice so much, uh, which is funny because I eat sauce all the time, but I think thinking of it as a drink just bothers me. <laughs> so I get one of the other ones that are like a fruity taste or a bubbly kind of thing. And again, it's the same. It's a serving of fruits and vegetables and it starts off your day with a natural caffeine of like tea. So like it's a healthier start to your day. Yeah, I remember you know? whenever we were together, we would always have some to start yeah. it out, which was delicious. Yeah, it's good, and it's a great, again, a great start to your day. Like, it, it is a good jump start, and it definitely will help you with certain, like, dietary changes you're trying to make. Yeah. So, like, there's those kinds of things. Um, another easy Any one other... is... Yeah, I had one. So instead of buying potato chips or like popcorn or something, I would buy veggie sticks because veggie sticks are delicious. Mm-hmm. They're like those, they're like, um, it's like the, the mashed vegetables that get dried into a straw shape or like a stick shape or yeah. chip shape sometimes. Oh my God, I love those so much. I could eat like an entire bag of those. But they're all made with, like, vegetables. And some of them are potato, but, like, it's still good for you. Um, yeah, it's making healthier choices. Yeah, exactly. Like, start start yeah. small. Uh, the other thing is um, uh, lentil pasta instead of regular pasta. It is a good kick of protein while still getting in that good, good pasta taste. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I've had both. I don't taste a difference anymore. Yeah. Um... And you can buy them as dried pasta, like regular pasta that you boil in a pot, 
or you can get them in the freezer section from Bird's Eye. And they have different ones. Some of them have like a sauce on them. Some of them are mm-hmm. like, and a hint for the ones that are like olive oil or like, it's like olive oil. And then there was another one that's like garlic and olive oil or something. Pour your own sauce that you made with extra vegetables on top of it. It's smart. More vegetables, tastes better. And now you're having so much like protein and good stuff put into your body so fast. Very much. Yeah. I'm yeah, a very I lazy see. eater. So <laughs> anything I can make quickly that will help me is good. Think smarter, not harder. And we are not sponsored by any of these things. These are just pers- no. These are personal <laughs> Anna tips. Trust me, if we were sponsored sponsored by like V eight, I-, I would quit my day job, which I don't even have. Yeah, those are just some of the tips and tricks that we had for uh, conquering your goals and making sure that your progress is, you know, doing just fine. Exactly. Um, if you've got any questions and want to hear back from us about some of your goals and you want some advice, you're always welcome to come, uh, come reach out to us. We're not, we're not experts. We're not, we're yeah. not experts at all to people that have a knack for this kind of thing. Yeah. Um, we'll be your older siblings slash parents for this. That's kind of yeah. what we do. <laughs> and we'll yell at you just like a, a nice loud hyper voice. Oh, speaking of which, uh, <laughs> we had a lovely question from, a listener. Yeah. Uh, this this listener is actually a, a friend of mine. Um, their name is Nikita. Today, uh, today being the, at the time of recording, um, is Nikita's birthday. So happy birthday, Nikita! It's been happy so birthday. long. Yeah, uh, Nikita is a wonderful person. They're working on uh, a lot of fun projects right now. And we just got to catch up. I want to send them a message for their birthday. I was thinking of them. Um, it's your birthday. Happy birthday. Uh, we worked together uh, over the summers and got to say, miss you. Hope things are doing well. Um, here is the question that Nikita sent in. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, curious to know your thoughts on the direction of Pokemon designs, the direction of Pokemon designs as generations progress. Do you think more types will be added? If so, what direction? More evolutions? More designs that are duplicates of Pikachu or totally different ones? Curious on your predictions for the future. Uh, that is a dang good question. Yeah. That, that's a really good question. Thank you so much, Nikita. I'm really glad to yeah. hear from you. Um, but let's break that down. Uh, designs as Pokemon generations progress. Okay. Whew. <laughs> Okay. Do you want to start? Um, let's let's kick it off with Gen One. Okay. As uh, I think, you know, back in the '90s, it was very uh, what's it called? Not so much edgy, but like you could tell that the the graphics of the of the initial Pokemon designs mm-hmm. were implemented directly as they wanted to be into the games. Yeah. Um, took a lot of inspiration off of the natural world, which we really like to see. Mm-hmm. Um, but they still had that, that level of whimsy that was super important. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, you, you see a lot of, like, what you would think to be artificial. This was probably one of the biggest artificial generations of Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Outside of, like, 
you you see a, a few sparse uh, designs like Castform in Gen three and you know Porygon. Well, Porygon was Gen one. Um, sword. Just a sword. Yeah, sword dog, or you know, literally no, a no. clump of keys. No, literally oh. a sword. <laughs> sword, two swords, sword and shield. Sword, um, two sword, one sword, one shield. Yeah. Um, Kanto definitely started off with the artifice level of it because you see, like, Magnemite being yeah. a, a set of floating magnets. You see a Electrode, literally named after Electrode. Um, I'm trying to think of what else in Gen 1. Porygon made, being made entirely of code. Mm. Um. But I mean, like, again, I think... I mean, we could do this generation by generation, but I think in general, at the same time, like... I think we're going to see the same kind of things. I think there in the future there's definitely going to be more more Pikachu remakes of something. Whatever it is, I'm sure it will exist because it has in the past, so of course it will in the future. Um, I think um I think just like we've seen in the past, I think Pokémon will keep developing uh new types because they have in the past and we've even discussed certain types that we think would be implemented mm -hmm. um we've also talked about how um there's likely to be more evolutions because it's a popular thing that they've already created so continuing that line wouldn't be completely off base well they did break pattern with the Eevee evolutions did i tell you this already Yes, no, they completely broke tradition where every even-numbered uh, series, they would drop a new evolution. But I think mm -hmm. at the same time, there was a lot still happening. Like, we were, I remember we've discussed it, like, we weren't super, like, happy with how Sword and Shield was. Like, it wasn't bad. But I think the I think if you're looking at the history of other Pokemon games, I think it was a little lacking. And I think in that same way, I think following the pattern of lacking, it it of course dropped the ball on something else, such as the evolution being missing from this one. Yeah, and I mean that's what a lot of people were actually really looking forward to. Mm -hmm. A lot of people were looking forward to a new Eevee, and I was like, yeah, I mean, I was too. I was kind of hoping for, like, a dragon-type Eevee. Yeah. Um, I'd really like to see that, because the all of the Eevee evolution types have been types that were special and or categorized as special types in the Gen right. 3 prior, so, like, that's the perfect way to remember it, because Gen 4 introduced what we call the physical special split, so mm -hmm. it moves... Uh, like Spark, perfect example. In Generation 3, Spark would do special damage since it was an electric type, but in Generation 4, it, they made it an electric type move that does physical damage. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the best way to remember all of the Eevee evolutions was uh, all, the best way to remember all of the special types in what the split was was if it had an Eevee evolution with it. Um, exactly. And that included uh, that it included dragon because there's no dragon EV evolution yet. Not um, yet, but there's also but... no ghost type one. Ghost there's was not physical. a metal. 
steel okay. is physical. Okay. <laughs> That's not me uh, correcting him. No, no, you're Sorry. right. No, no, you're right. I, I just, like, it would still be good for them to create them. Uh, to continue with answering the question, though, I think, again, like, we've seen in the past that based on the location that the game is supposed to be taking place in, they will make Pokemon that are based on those places and the cultures that are there and pieces of history from those places. So I think those are all things we will definitely see again in the future. Uh, since we don't know what the next game will hold since this one dropped what, last year? Two years ago? Yeah. 2019 around Christmas? Uh, we were somewhat able to pick apart, like, but the, I kind of, they want to go based off of region, because you could really mm -hmm. tell that if you take regions like, um, excuse me, like Unova or like Alola, there were Pokemon entirely designed around that region. Like, Stonejourner being in Galar, <laughs> like, of course, it's Stonehenge. <laughs> exactly. Um, looking at Johto, a lot of Johto Pokemon were very, um, what I guess I would say natural um, Johto kind of focused on the, the whole theme for Johto was like tradition and mm -hmm. being at like the bell tower, the burn tower um, Ho-Oh, Lugia back to like the natural themes of the world um, small towns Johto was one of the most like it's not my favorite generation but like you know um, <laughs> you, you Pokemon like Stantler that is quite literally a deer with hypnotic horns or um, Quillfish <laughs> which is just a pupper that's really angry or Mantine and Remoraid that are uh, a Manta Ray and a Remora specifically um, Jota was 100% Kanto 2 which you know and that explains why you can go visit Kanto at the end of Gold, Silver, Crystal, Hogwarts, Soul Soaps that did that all the Gen 2 games. Yeah, but um, I think that was also... It was Gen 2. They were still sort of exploring where they were going with it. I think as more generations of the game have, have spawned and created, I think that there's been a more definite pattern. I mean, not one that you can clearly chart like, oh, this one takes place here, and so the next Pokemon will be about this, and this is where the next like regional evolution is going to be. Like, I think... Uh, I think it's just sort of a generalized like we've definitely seen it they've done it multiple times before they will likely do it again you know what I mean yeah and what I really like I mean as of the most recent I, I'd say quote modern Pokemon games yeah um, you can tell that um, based off of the region they're kind of assigning more Pokemon to that region like for example um, in Gen 6, which was set in France, um, mm -hmm. had a lot of French-inspired Pokemon, like Vivian, the bug flying type that we talked about. Flabebe. Um, yeah, Flabebe. <laughs> um, Flabebe. I'm trying to think. And Gen 7 introduced Bruxish, which was one of the most signature, it's signature fish of Hawaii, the Humuhumunukunukuakua'a. Um, yes. The, the, I got that in one try. The Hawaiian trigger fish. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And then Galar, everyone was like, oh my gosh, it's centered in, in England. There's going to be a corgi. There's got to be a corgi. There was <laughs> and a corgi. Lo and behold, 
there was a corgi, and then it evolved and it got ugly. Um, but I think there were even deeper, richer ones that we've even talked about before. So not just um, Stonejourner being Stonehenge. I think we've also talked about how um, even there were small details like the fossil Pokemon are based off of a historical thing that happened in England. <laughs> Where they would just oh, be like, I want to make, I want to make the fossil look cool. And they'd glue two halves together that didn't belong together just because they wanted it to look cool. <laughs> just because they could. A lot of, if anyone wants to learn a very fun topic in history, go look up anything about original, like, hunts. Like, all of them are hilarious. Even yeah. modern day ones. Are, are just as bad as it was in like the 1920s so don't oh, yeah. worry um, I mean we've only just recently um, in recent American history at least uh, would have been around the early 2000s they just they were going through uh, dinosaurs that were found in America about around the the regular like canyon region where they were the deserty mm-hmm. canyony uh, like uh, Rocky Mountain meets those plainy bits region. Yeah, and uh, we went down a couple species of dinosaurs, and that's not because we stopped finding them. It's because they didn't realize they were younger versions of other ones. So, <laughs> uh, and I was just telling Claren because I was watching. I was watching uh, Elementary, and they were talking about Nano Tyrannus. And I was watching a uh, a famous paleontologist from America, uh, Jack Horner, Harmer Horner, something like that. I can never remember last names. And he was saying that Nano Tyrannus doesn't exist. And so the whole episode was based around a Nano Tyrannus skeleton that was found. And I was just I had to skip to the episode because I was just so mad. <laughs> yeah. But, like, that's the kind of thing that I'm saying, like, to go back on track to where we were. Yeah. Um, I think... Oh, you had another point. I'm sorry. No, I was just gonna say, I think in the future we'll find those kinds of details in the games. And I think it's a fun research thing to do, and I think... I know we don't know what the next setting is gonna be, and I know they'll probably do some obvious kicks of... Well... Yes. I'm so glad you asked. I, I'm I'm sorry, I keep interrupting you, honey. No, interrupt me, um, tell me. India. India. I I think it's going to be India. I, I that's just if I had to pin a spot for Gen 9, if I had to just throw a dart at a map, if we had to pick a region, my guess is India. Um specifically. Yes. Now, hear me out. Uh-huh. I think what would be ideal, what I think would be really cool, is there was an old... So, back when Pokemon just became... Um, imagine, like, in 1996, when Pokemon just came out. Oh my god, it would have the, been there, 96. <laughs> Pokemon Dex entries took place in real life, in places in the real world. Like, right. Mew, Mew was discovered in modern-day Guyana. Um, huh. And you have... Raichu, the one of the Pokedex entries for Raichu, says that it can instantly stun and kill an Indian elephant. It's very specific. That being said, here's the Dex entry for Kaparaja. 
They live in herds. Their trunks have incredible grip strength, strong enough to crush giant rocks into powder. They came over from another region long ago and worked together with humans. Their green skin is resistant to water. But maybe that was also a, a reference to how England used to control India and took yeah. a lot of exports from there. Well, I guess so that even further confirmed it. I mean, yeah, it does. Um, I thought Guiana was in Africa. Guiana, I think, I believe, I don't, my, I was going to be a geography major. Yeah. 100% Guiana. Um, it is in South America. Guiana is in South America, next to Venezuela and Suriname and French Guiana. Um, I would love to have a listener from Guiana. <laughs> I went to look up, uh, on, I went to look up Guiana and it gave me guinea pig. <laughs> Were you thinking of... Oh, no. Um, no. That being said, I think... Oh, I'm thinking of... Uh, uh, Guinea? Guinea? There's another Guinea? one that's... No, no, no. There's there's one in Africa. West Africa. Ghana. No. G-U-I-N-E-A. That's not Ghana. G-U-I-N-E-S. Guinea. I can't... Oh, and I guess guinea pigs will be from Guinea. That's Caprashes. Not. What were you saying? Caprashes' name origin is a combination of copper and Maharaja, oh. Indian yeah. title of great king. Yeah. I think it's. I think it's possible. That's. I think it will be super cool. Yeah. Um, but uh, big themes for each generation. Um, just to rattle them off really quick. Ho and we, of course, talked about um, mutation and kind of like artificial stuff. Jodo, we talked about tradition, keeping things simple, um, back to its roots. Um, Hoenn was all about nature. Hoenn was all about nature because that was the first time that we discussed, you know, you're on an island, there's so much water. Yeah. All these, there's dinosaur that has palm tree wings and has bananas growing out of its neck. How cool is that? How dope is that? Um, <laughs> Sinnoh, <laughs> Sinnoh is entirely about lore. I want to, uh, because you have Pokemon like Frostlass that take place uh, or that are named after like or take their origin after uh, Japanese yokai like the Yuki Ona, which is what yeah. Frostlass is based off of. Um, I want to say, looking at Gen 5, Gen 5, in all honesty, is Kanto Part 2. Yeah. Because when Gen 5 came out, it was a soft reboot of the Pokemon series. Like, you can go over and say, like, Unova is, you know, they, they've got a, they've got their own version of Golem, Alakazam, uh, Golem, Alakazam, Gengar, and Machamp being, like, you know, Conqueror, Gigalith. Uh, their Drowsy and Hypno are just Moon and Musharna. Okay. Um, I think you didn't play the, the Gen 5 games yet, but no. Unifa was uh, kind of another mix of like... This one was based in America, because Unifa took place in New York, mainly like Castelia City was based off of Lower Manhattan. Um, there was a desert that, I mean, Nimbasa City, which was a entire reference to Broadway. Um, oh. 
yeah, it, it was all about America and the the battle mechanic of, you know, there was like a, a what was it called? There was a certain mode that you could do in post game. It was called the battle subway, where it mm -hmm. just had like NPC battles that were super hard. Um, that also kind of focused on artifice. Uh, there were a lot of artificial Pokemon, sort of the classic example of like, haha, that one's a trash bag. That one's an ice cream cone. That's it's from Unova. Um, yeah. But then you could also talk about the time split. There's the alternate dimension of whether you're playing black version or white version. I'm going to gush out about that really quick. I hope you don't think I'm ranting. No, no, go for it. <laughs> there was all, so black and white were kind of separated by uh, time or like an entirely different dimension. Uh, there was a point in time in black to white to where you would get to uh, white folk, white specifically focused on more natural order of aspects. Like when you get to Appaloosid City or, the seventh gym in black two white two or the eighth gym in black white one black it, the black version was all technically advanced there's a man sitting outside of the pokemon center playing a keytar however if you're playing white version instead of all the the tech and the electricity running down the highways it's mm -hmm. stone and cobble and it's mossed over and there's a woman outside of the pokemon center playing the chinese air hoop huh so, and then further in Black 2, White 2, you got to the the battle tower of the game. Mm -hmm. um, it, was, it was either the Black Tower or the White Tree Hollow. And you, you had to navigate this huge artificial tower or just climb your way through a tree trunk. And that's just the way that they divided Black and White. And Black and White was very big about that. Oh, my cat Hello. is here. Hello, Dara. <gasps> Which one? Which one? I think it's baby. Maybe. <gasps> no, I, or or no, it's fatty. <gasps> fatty. Give no, him he, a kiss. He scampered out. Oh. Um, Kalos. Yeah, uh, Kalos. That that's kind of where the thematic differences end. Kalos was more into, um, you know, that's where he at France, Hawaii, and England, and those are mm -hmm. our themes. Um, and then you could take designs like we already spoke about with Vivian and Flabebe, Bruxish, and Serena being based off of the Mango scheme, um, and Galar, of course, with Stone Turner and the Corgis. Yeah, and other things. Yeah. If you could have, if you could pick the next type for the next evolution, what would you want it to be? I mean, I think we both agree on this. I would really love to see what they would do with a dragon type. I would love to see a dragon evolution. It would be a pure dragon, which would be kind of weird, but I wouldn't be. Yeah. I wouldn't be opposed to that. Yeah, I've seen I tons of fan designs. Really? Yeah, like Wyvernion or stuff like that. Drake Draconian. I mean, yeah, they'll think of a better name. <laughs> yeah, I, I think my other thought was, and this is unconventional because Eevee is a normal type but I'd really like to see an evolution that was a normal type bigger and fluffier bigger fluffier better cuddlier yeah. loving <laughs> I don't know I'm just fascinated by it I think it would be really interesting um I think it would be a, a twist from what fans are expecting definitely especially because they're all looking for things like we were talking about like 
a dragon type or yeah. another one that I cannot think of off the top of my head because my brain just went completely blank. But I'd like to see a bug type evolution. Yeah, that too. I, I mean, I want to see like. I know that we kind of discussed this and that it's only physical types, not... Special, not physical. Thank you. Special, not physical. But I would I would still like to see them anyway. I would like to see that too. It, it, I'd I like want. to see a normal type almost as if Evie were not disposed and had that like super sensitive genetic makeup, you know? Mm -hmm. Almost me. as if it weren't easily influenced by its surroundings. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's, I think that's very fair. Um, yeah. Nikita, thank you so much for your question. Don't be a stranger. Uh, yes, thank you. Um, and uh, as a side note, I love your name. I just wanted to say that now before I forgot. I, yeah, it's a great name. It is. And I love it. Happy birthday as well. Um, happy that birthday. being said, if you are interested in hearing, any other episodes of Sleep Powder, please. Uh, we are streaming anywhere that you can hear podcasts. Um, yeah. We are so glad that you got to hear and listen to us talk about all sorts of things. Um, we want to hear what what would you design your evolution to be. That's that's our question. What would you if you had directive choice over an evolution? How would you design it? Because I mean, they yeah. knocked it out of the park with Sylvia. I want to see what you can do. Um, please feel free to write into us at Sleep Powder Talks on Instagram and send us an email as well, uh, sleeppowdertalks at gmail.com. We would love, love, love to hear your designs. Yeah, we just love to hear from you, just in general. 100%. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, hope you get some sleep. Thank you for listening to Sleep Powder. Have a good night. Good night. Give your pets a kiss for us. Pretty please. <laughs>